This is The Michael Bryan Show. Hi everyone, welcome back to the show and today I'm joined with Jimmy Clare who's a motivational speaker, autism advocate, author and the founder of The Crazy Fitness Guy. So we're talking all about autism, fitness and possibly if they interlink. So Jimmy, thanks for being a guest. Thanks for having me. So what I got really curious about to start with was where did your passion for autism come from? Well, I'm on the autism spectrum. I was uh, diagnosed uh, on the age of three. Uh, But before that, um, I had a lot of people who told me I was not going to amount to anything. They told me I was going to read higher than a second grade level. And I think it's totally unfair because they test you at a certain age and to see if you're... uh, autistic or even a little bit on the spectrum and they just there's no follow-up later on in life and they're just like oh well here's a diagnosis see you bye and at the time it's like oh well he's not going to learn how to do pretty much anything and he's going to be useless to society and i'm like why is there no follow-up and it's like, what, I've, what I haven't learned at the age of two or three or eight or whatever, why am I not being tested again to say, oh, he learned A, B, C, D, E, F, G, and he still needs to learn so-and-so, whatever. And I was like, what a crapped up system a little bit here. And I was like, you, you can't expect me to learn every, know everything at uh, the the first time I test something, yeah, it's yeah. Do I when, when I'm born? Do I do, do I know how to walk right away? No, <laughs> but I would make my life a lot easier back then. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely would, and I can definitely see how you would get frustrated because you're still growing when you're young, aren't you? You're growing like forever. So why would one test when you're two or three? completely change the course of your life altogether because as a, a two-year-old you wouldn't know any different would you you're just the same as everybody else at that point exactly and so it kind of so i didn't really know i was autistic until i went to my own iap meetings uh when i was in 11th grade and and my school made my whole school district made a uh kind of made a big fuss over is like that whole being a part of your own meeting. And, but when I was going up to the main office where the meeting rooms were, or at least I think that's where, yeah, that's what's one where the meeting room was. And they said to me, it's like, Jimmy, you cannot speak in your own meeting. But this is a meeting about me though. And it's like, yep, wait, so, why I was like, why can't I speak at my own meeting? I was like, well, some of these people, let's just say they're kind of rough around the edges and there are some people in higher power. I'm like, really? And I was like, what kind of, it's like a bunch of old farts in the room? Great. And, was, and, and so <laughs> I literally had, I was literally at the, at the head of the table and watching both sides fight back and forth. And it's like, my parents were on one side with a few of my, I guess, 
my uh, case manager and everything. And then there's this other, and then the other side with the school district on it and whatnot. And they're both arguing back and forth like I was the new in there. I'm like, I feel like I'm watching two political parties go head in head. I'm like, who who's going to kill each other first across the table? <laughs> yeah. It makes me think as well that you're just a piece of paper to them with a list of things that you have or things about you. But it must be very weird to be in the room while they're talking about you as if you're just a name on a, a piece of paper. Exactly. And so, and this, and this is not the first time this happened. I, I had, it has happened with some of my doctors when I was growing up and I, and I'm not like asking them to explain every single detail of what I have, but I was like, can't you just like cut out all of the, I don't know, doctor language and here's what you have, here's what you don't have, here's what you're not going to be able to do, etc. And explain it to me. And I was like, I'm not stupid. And I was like, at, at a young age, I don't know all the medical terms and whatnot. But, but even to the point, I just felt like, okay, this is not the first time somebody was talking around me because when I was getting the diagnosis for being on the autism spectrum, uh, I don't know if you have ever seen the, the shows, The Sopranos, where and Tony and the therapist was in, well, uh, the uh, Tony Soprano, who uh, was like a huge, big mobster in this uh, TV show, he, uh, he, uh, he went to see a, uh, a psychiatrist, and uh, they were in this brown, like, walled office and everything, just bland and boring, and that's what it that was really what my uh whereas when I always got my autism diagnosis was in kind of the same bland boring room and uh and, and so it's kind of funny and so my when when I was going through all these tests my and then at the end of it my parents were talking to the doctor the doctor was talking to my parents I'm still I'm sitting there and like uh, this is not my first rodeo that somebody's talking around me on my IP meeting, and I'm, and and like this reminds me of this time too. And it's like, uh, hello, Jimmy's here, and Jimmy thinks you're both a <laughs> bunch of idiots. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it it must be frustrating in a way because did you? think that you were being controlled or you had no control over your future essentially because of all the discussion that was going around yeah a little bit i was i was thinking more along the lines you know i thought i could who would know best from for me than me myself as uh, i like, i know what works for me for me i mean luckily my parents knew some of the stuff that worked for me but i'm like can me can i at least put my input so then i can uh at least can i put my input and then we can try this and if it doesn't work we can have another meeting in the future but of course i of course during 11th grade uh they didn't let me speak at all 
I think in 12th grade, they finally let me speak at my own meeting because I think my parents eventually said, you know, Jimmy's not going to be here for uh, until 21 and he wants the hell out of this place and nightmare. And so uh, I think I think in the 12th grade, they finally let me speak at my own meeting. And I think they were afraid what I was going to say because I, I didn't like any. There's there one person in the middle of the uh, room. She kind of reminded me um, of Corella DeVille a little bit. And she was the most nastiest lady on planet Earth in the school district. Every time when I saw her, I knew it meant trouble. <laughs> I don't know. I felt bad for every student or teacher who has to have to be on the other end of her. Cruella Deville, that paints a very vivid picture, Jimmy, to be fair. I picture that being sort of evil witch of the West sat at one end of the table and you sat at the other and there's a lot of back and forth going on. Did you ever think that you wanted to do something different to what they were saying, which then spurred you on the fitness side, you know, when you, you launched the fitness business. Was that, was that an attempt at, okay, you're wanting me to go down this way, this is the path that you've set for me, but I actually want to go over this way. Almost as like when you were saying before of you have an import you need to have an import now i get an import i want to do something completely different because i've been dictated to my entire life well where the fitness came in um uh, I, I was bullied from a, from like third grade or maybe fourth grade to 11th grade uh it started with just a lot of weird questions i had never learned uh back in uh, elementary school and and i felt very dumb at the point where some where i didn't know these questions and but it's not like i learned it right away so how am i supposed to know and then it got to these two other people on a bus who literally just kicked the crap out of my seat every single time it was the most annoying thing ever uh, and then in middle school, it became kind of a war zone for me because I have spinal stenosis in my neck, which makes it hard for me to move left and right, up and down. And it really sucks. I wouldn't even want to do it. If, if I even had a worse enemy in life, I wouldn't even wish it on onto them because it just, sometimes you can, like my neck is always stiff because of it. But when, but there's some mornings when you just wake up and it's extra stiff on top of this regular stiffness. I'm like, no, I I can't do this. And it's like it's like like one of those like robot. Like can somebody have give me like a ro robotic neck that can easily twist and turn and uh, I know that kind of sounds kind of painful, but it's like beats this in my neck and it's like it blows it became dangerous for me in middle school because some idiot decided to invent a neck slapping game and i was somehow i got to be like enemy number one of the game uh and the bullies slapped me uh 
on the back of my neck a few times. And it's dangerous because if I get a severe whiplash, I can uh, be paralyzed from all, from the neck down. And my parents were into the school. The principal, I, it, well, we had three principals in the middle school. One was the head principal, two of them was the assistant principal. At least one assistant principal, at least one of the assistant principals, I like to call him Mr. Wackadoo because he is like, bullying doesn't exist in this school. And it's like, are you smoking weed? <laughs> and, <it's> like, <laughs> yeah. and I didn't know what weed was back at that time, but I was like thinking that in my, in my brain is like, what are you taking that thing that you made that you thought of this? And I was like, I've heard a lot of crap in my life and you just took the cherry on top of that. He was ridiculous and it, it and i reported the bullets every single time to him and he still didn't do anything about it i came into uh, my special education class in seventh in seventh grade crying every single time that it happened and my teacher for um my luckily my teacher knew eventually what was going on without it got to a point where, because I was getting bullied a lot, even on the way home from on the bus, I didn't want to go home on the bus anymore. And luckily I only lived like less than five minutes away from my house. So one could easily walk there, but I, no one wanted to walk in the cold weather. So my mom uh, who stayed at home, she picked me up before I, uh, I tried to make every excuse as possible to miss the bus. And eventually my teacher kind of cornered me in and kind of trapped me and say, I'm not gonna let you call your mom until uh, until you tell me uh, why you missed the bus. And I'm like, crap, I knew she was gonna eventually pick it up. <laughs> and she, she, she was, she was like, she was a great teacher and she is so great teacher. She's, she, uh, there's times where when I was gonna have an autism meltdown and what an autism meltdown is, is kind of like, think of it as like a hurricane with just everything is flying around, different like set of energies going off. You, 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 know, you kind of know it's gonna happen, but you don't know why it's happening. But I think she had, she knew what kind of triggered me and what not triggered me before I even uh, knew myself. And the and what was kind of and so uh, she eventually got involved, telling uh, the principal that this has got to stop. It's dangerous for me, and I don't think he had listened at, at first, but then my guidance counselor got involved too. So then he was both getting cornered by two people in the building. And I was like, ah, two people are getting up on this principle. I was like, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not saying to be like a jerkish kind of person, but this guy had to be like told a hundred plus times. And finally he started figuring out, I was like, and yet they say I was slow on the uptake. And I'm like, really? Yeah. I remember he listened to my mom on the phone sometimes and saying, it's like, hey, Jimmy Lund's at a slow pace. And it's like, 
I learned at a slow pace. It took this guy a hundred freaking times to figure out that uh, uh, that bullies exist in the school. Yeah. But no. <laughs> so what ran through your mind when this was happening? Because a lot of people don't really know. They try to understand as best as they can. But we never really quite get there unless we've had something very similar. So walk us through a little bit of what was going through your mind. What did you do eventually to push past it? Or was it just a case of, well, I've left school now. I've left college. I get to choose to do what I do with the rest of my life and therefore I'm going to pick my path rather than have it given to me. What was going through your mind first of all and then what did you do to get past it? Eventually in 11th grade I stood up to the bullies and I and so what I did uh, me and my dad saw this info commercial for P90X on uh, TV and from uh, Beachbody and I lost 30 pounds with beach body. I, I mean, on P90X. And it was a 90 day program. And I think the first day that me and my dad did it, it we were crawling up the stairs because, like, I didn't even know I had uh, muscles in my body that I knew existed. <laughs> yeah. and, and I was like, oh, I have to do this for 90 straight days. Holy crap, this is going to be a long time. And me and my, uh, so eventually when I got to the halfway point, my clothes that I had at the time wasn't fitting anymore. So my parents got me new clothes to, uh, that helped me fit into them. So I, I didn't look like some skinny guy wearing some fat guy's clothes. I'm not trying to be rude of anybody who has any overweight. I'm just saying for me. I remember this day like it was just yesterday. I went to math class and I was a little worried because I was trying to figure out when I could confront the bullies because I wanted witnesses. I didn't trust the security cameras that were in place because uh, I don't know if you haven't seen any of those movies where there's that, that wall security camera feeds. Uh, and the times when I got in trouble for my autism meltdowns in school, I've never seen one single security feed walls. And it's like, I don't know who's watching on the end. And no, my school, it could be a decoration. And so I decided... I'm going to interrupt my math class, but I'm not going to do it at the beginning. I'm going to do it at the end. So at least at the end, it's like, well, I wasn't trying to be a jerk, but I just, but I just can't uh, take it anymore. And I was at the point of uh, just kind of mentally breaking down. And, and so I, I stood up in math class at, uh, right after but the bullies were laughing at my friend who's been who happens to be in a wheelchair for life and she's uh these doors were not made for a wheelchair so she had one of those joystick kind of uh electric wheelchairs and they laughed when uh she bumped into the uh door i don't think she like realized that they that they were making fun of her or or she would or she did her best to ignore it I was like, I like to see you guys control a wheelchair like that. And I was like, I can fit it through the gosh darn door. 
and I was like, how can you laugh at someone in a wheelchair? And it's like, you know, they didn't stoop that low. It's like, it's like, no one should be making fun of anyone, but if you're going to make fun of somebody, at least, I don't know, uh, it's like, you, like, I mean, yeah, it shouldn't just be, it shouldn't be made fun of anybody, but okay, you know, as like, if you're going to try to do that, try, at least make, try and make fun of me, uh, and they did, but I mean, but really, you can get to, to uh, the level of my friend who's in a wheelchair, it's like, that's freaking low, and I don't, I don't tolerate that to anybody, like, my friends know when I'm joking with them, but this was not joking at all. Uh, and so I got fed up because my math teacher who's nice and everything. All he did was just report them many times and say, yeah, how many times do you, uh, you're going to report them? And still the school hasn't done anything. And, and like they got suspended. I was like, that's a vacation. Uh, they got in-school suspensions. Still another vacation. They didn't have to do anything. Uh, so I was like, oh, they have to do their work in front of a teacher. Whoopie doo. <laughs> and uh, and so eventually I, I we were in math class. I slammed the computer uh, shut. And I said, to, uh, and so I got stood up in math class, went over to the bullies and told them, I think I literally called everybody, uh, every single curse word. Uh, known to man and my and I think it went on for like about a whole minute and a half or something along those lines and my math teacher told me Jimmy go down to the principal's office and I'm like am I in the twilight zone I'm being asked to go down I'm being sent down to the principal's office but these guys got to make fun of my friend who's in a wheelchair but doesn't get to do him anything Sounds great. Uh, so I went down and my principal said to me, I asked my principal, I was like, am I in trouble? She's like, you're in trouble? And it's like, don't make me laugh. And it's like, it's like I've heard what you did. And and, uh, and she said to me, uh, and it's like, if you're, and it's like, tell your math teacher you're excused. Uh, if, and it's like, if he wants to talk to me, tell him to talk to me. But and I was like, you stood up your friends and, and you stood up for yourself. And I was like, you're in trouble. And I was like, yeah, if you're trying to say you're in trouble, and I was like, I'm, I'll, I'll tear up the, the, the uh, whatever he throws your way. And I was like, wow, somebody actually is rewarding me for something. This is unheard of. And a few days later, the, when the bullies tried to do something again, he got expelled. And then, uh, and another few days later, I got uh, a certificate for staying up on my own two feet. And fast forward, uh, when I when I I said to myself when I was when I left high school, I was never going to go to college. And but then I realized that the three years of doing different odd jobs and everything, I didn't really. I I I owed to myself that I wanted to go to college, so I enrolled, and but then I jumped five different majors from uh, starting with personal training because math and science are not my strong suits, and I didn't like I never liked this. Uh, I really when I finally started learning about autism, 
there's so many articles written that I don't necessarily agree with on the internet because there's like people on the autism spectrum have uh, they they really do excel in math and science and I'm like maybe for some but because the spectrum is so wide and vast you can't just assume everybody on the spectrum is gonna uh, and it's like you need to re, like they need to reward some of that stuff because like you're just assuming like oh everybody on the autism spectrum is gonna love math and then love science I hate math and I hate science and probably because I in uh uh tenth grade my science class we literally learned about photosynthesis and I if, you know if I really cared I've watched the grass grow outside and it'd probably be more interesting than what my teacher was uh, talking about oh. yeah. and the textbook was like this thick and I'm just like this sucks this sucks this sucks and like get me the hell out of this gosh forsaken class and uh but so when, so when I started crazy fitness guy it was, was kind of like a start as a side project because I wanted to become a better writer because in uh, it was my first semester in college class, I, I, I told my professor in, in English, for English class, I don't know how to write an essay. In my high school, because I was in special education, all they cared was about is that we just wrote, there was no format, it just in paragraphs, or in my case was just one big blob of a, <laughs> like one big wall of a text, and that was it. And and he said to me at that point, Jimmy, I don't care. And he was like, then he's like, that's great. I was like, I'll take you under my wing and I'll help you. Every single day after class, he he helped me uh, uh, make edits to my current paper. The first edit that he, he helped me correct, it looked like a treasure map. Even the even the um, uh, the leprechaun from the Lucky Charms commercial couldn't find the uh, the gold at the end of the rainbow because because <laughs> it, it was just a big mess. I, I don't even th think Captain Jack Sparrow could find the treasure at the end of it either. <laughs> and it was um it was a it was a nightmare but but then the semester my writing i think i only had like maybe five mistakes in the whole entire paper i'm like holy crap this is cool and my t my teacher said to me and the call class if you want to become a better writer you're gonna to have to write every single day i'm like uh-oh <laughs> And like, what can I possibly do to write every single day? I can't write in a Word document because that's going to get old quick. And it's a kind of like my parents tell me, Jamie, you're going to practice the piano every single day. Yeah, I don't like to be told what to do all the time. And especially because you're forcing me to go do something. And I... I know if I was going to be consistent, I'm going to have to come um, find a way to show up every single day. And I think it was in my second English class where I saw this one of uh, my classmates had run his own movie review website. And 
I was like, wow, that's impressive. I want to run a website. Though I kind of, sometimes I kind of wonder if I made that hiccup mistake uh, to myself because uh, it's a lot of work. But when I first started out, I started on WordPress and I'm not bashing WordPress, but me and technology don't always go together because uh, I sometimes can, okay, most times I get impatient. I want to throw it out the window, especially when it doesn't work. And so what I, uh, so I was working like 90 plus hours a week trying to troubleshoot this, troubleshoot that. I'm like, I'm going to get nowhere if I'm going to keep staying on this platform. So I eventually moved to Squarespace. I've been there for like four plus years. And uh, me and my, and Crazy Fitness guy has been up and running for five years. I can't believe I made it to five. Holy crap. And <laughs> it's a long time. I know it feels like an eternity. And, uh, but because, and because I jumped five different majors, I knew I had to change the focus of uh, crazyfitnessguy.com because I couldn't, uh, as I, I didn't want it to be, oh, well, you're not going to personal training. I can't make exercise, exercise videos. And because I didn't want people to think, oh, he's an expert, but not really an expert. And so I wanted to share uh, healthy living stuff that works for me through my autistic eyes. So I was like, okay, you know, let me re, uh, re kind of rebrand it. And so when I went to media studies, which can lead into motivational speaking as a career, that's what I wanted to do. And I was like, Let's go do it. And so I've been there for uh, for many years in college, unfortunately, sometimes. But uh, I, I changed uh, crazy, crazy Fitness Guy uh, to be a place to for people to be motivated to live a healthy living lifestyle. And by no means I'm an expert, but I just share what has worked for me. It may work for someone else. It may, may not, but it worked. And fitness has helped me just to keep my autism meltdowns at bay. Though sometimes once in a blue moon, I still have them, but it's part of who I am. But it's not, when I had an autism meltdown back then, it used to be like, oh, when it happened, the effects last for seven days plus, where now it just lasts maybe less than an hour or an hour, maybe two, uh, wow. depending what the situation was. That's that's crazy how you've gone from weeks to hours. Is that all down to adding fitness to the other treatments and medications that you you may take for autism? So is it? Just by changing the the fitness side and the healthy eating side, possibly that's what's been the the real needle mover with the autism. I like to say I like to think so because there's there there's no treatments for autism out there. They're just uh, different programs and and services for people on autism spectrum. And I I never like those people on. Uh, social media who's like we need to cure autism and that's what the autism uh, 
uh, speaks, um, autism speaks was about of trying to cure something that really doesn't need to be cured because it's not a disease. You can't just wake up with it one morning. Hey, I'm autistic uh, and it's not a disease. You can't just catch it. It's not like the flu. It's not like the cold. It's not COVID. Uh, it, it's, it is what it is. You're born with it. You, you might have a late diagnosis, but it doesn't mean you just caught it somewhere. Uh, and, you know, I read this book from this uh, com autistic uh, comedian who said, perhaps maybe a little bit all autistic. And it's like, and, but it could be very, very slightly that, uh, that it's not very detectable or it, it doesn't interfere with your everyday life. And I was like, it could be. It's like we could. It's like we technically could all be autistic, but it just doesn't show up, and or hasn't yet been discovered on the spectrum yet. Well, I'd be really curious to hear because a lot of experiences can form the way that we see the world a lot of times, and the way that we think and perceive our world can be all down to the life that we've lived. And you've gone on quite a journey yourself, Jimmy. What three lessons do you think are possibly not your typical advice? You know, people that are successful at something, but they haven't gone through similar things to yourself. They'll have very different lessons. And I'd be really curious to hear living with autism, trying to grow out of the system, so to speak. You've probably got a list <laughs> a long list for a lot of people but if you could boil it down to three what would be the biggest lessons that you've learned over the course of your journey so far well what i would one of the lessons would be your autism diagnosis doesn't have to uh define who you are yeah i know once if i was Speaking in public, some of my uh, on stages, and if I, there was a Q and A at the end, some might say, "Well, you don't have a severe like my child or a teenager or whatnot." That's true, but just because maybe that person doesn't can't talk or or he, or he has it more severe doesn't mean he still can't do a lot of things. And it's like, he, he might need extra help in learning those things, or he might not be able to live on his own or independently because, uh, you know, life is scary at times. And so what I would say to that, uh, to those, uh, you don't let uh, your the, the autism diagnosis define who that, who you are as an individual or that person on the, as an individual, because without my parents, without my some of my teachers who pushed me to, to the extra limit, I don't think I wouldn't be where I am today. Because like they, even though that the school district was kind of giving us like, uh, I wouldn't say easy, but like like easy reading materials or reading materials that didn't make sense for all of us to read as a class because it was either too too hard or too easy and they just shoved everybody into a classroom it's a kind of like shoving a uh, square peg into a round hole it doesn't really work 
it's like something didn't uh, use build a blocks back then. My God. Uh, and again, like I said, slow, slow learner. Uh-huh. And the second thing I would say, don't listen to the naysayers. And it's like, you ever always encounter naysayers in your life and they tell you, you won't be able to do this. You won't be able to do that. And after a while, you, you could either listen to them or not listen to them. I chose not to listen to them because I was like, I, I think you're just doing this as A, either because somebody's paying you to say it, or B, you're just putting your own beliefs on me, which is totally unfair because you don't know how persistent I am. Uh, and I would love to uh, meet those people who said all those things to me to, and my parents as when I was a very little kid because I, I was, they're probably like, oh crap, I was dead wrong. And the third lesson I uh, tell someone, autism is not the end of the world. It, it, it's, not, it's not a disease, it doesn't need to be cured. You, are, you have a gift, use it. And I'm using my, I use uh, my gift to help others because you know, I, I this might not sound right, but I hate those people who just didn't listen closely to me, even though I had, I I was shown signs, perhaps maybe perhaps instead of uh, putting me. Instead of like always thinking I'm just misbehaving with my autism meltdowns, perhaps maybe look into it further, looked around it. Why? What happened? What when, what happened that occurred at that point before it happened? Look around it before instead of just looking at it. Yeah, it's just looking at it is like, oh, just another kid just on the autism spectrum just uh, misbehaving. It, and it was like, perhaps my, that was my, my, my teacher, my seventh grade teacher basically looked at it as an act, uh, uh, I need, I need help. And it was a cry for help. And I didn't know who to go to because I had a one idiot principal who said, it doesn't, bullying doesn't exist. And you know, a little ahead it didn't, but... Yeah, it, it seems like the extra effort, I guess, or the extra time that you spend trying to find out about something, you tend to find it, don't you? And then that can contradict some of your previous assumptions and all those things. Is there a way that you found to either listen to feedback in the the sense of okay maybe there'd be a negative for the reason let's see if there's any validity to it you know like they, they might say oh maybe you need to work on this maybe you're not quite good enough yet to go over here is that something that you can speak to is it maybe there's some feedback that you listen to to give you something to improve on or work on or do you just take it all as i'm not going to listen to it and it's a blanket statement that you think I'd rather not listen to any of it and still keep doing my thing. Well, my 
my teacher, like our case managers uh, always gave us stuff we needed to work on. And one of the things that has helped me over the years was uh, my reading skills. Because in my opinion, um, and some people might argue uh, back then, it's like, oh, Jimmy has a terrible reader. He needs to read and this a small little pamphlet book. I was like reading like something for a sixth grader. I mean, I mean, like a fourth grader. And I'm like, it's like, that's my, my parents eventually said like, that's very inappropriate for him to read this. Not because it was like a content, but it was just like, it was a picture book. And it's like, really a picture book. And I challenged myself to read Harry Potter because my, my, um, my, my, I used to be, uh, my my parents used to read to me before I went to bed at night. And uh, my, my mom always thought the Harry Potter books was like too much hype over it and everything. And I said to her, I was like, okay, how can I be related to you? And I was like, I was like you can go sleep in the garage. I'm just kidding. I mean, her just <laughs> like the joke, but I'm like, ah. I was like, because she knows every time when I'm, uh, she knows every time when I uh, see the Harry Potter movies on TV, I'm always watching it and everything. I was like, how can you say that? I was like, you, I was like, what are you, the Wicked Witch? And it's like, yeah. And I was like, I was like, how dare you? And she, even though when I didn't know a word in the Harry Potter books, back then I Google stuff on the computer to like, oh, how do I use this in a sentence? And I was like, oh, okay. Or if I didn't know what it meant, I also asked my parents or I asked my teacher. And eventually I started building my vocabulary. But if I didn't have those people who pushed me to the extra mile, I can, I don't owe it to my school district of anything of where I've been today because they, gave me so many different runarounds and different extra challenges that I really didn't need. And I'm not accusing them of, of the bullying stuff. I'm accusing them of the, the, the of just shoving me into a small classroom. Uh, and, and I don't mean, I didn't mind being in the small classroom, but but like like I said before, you, you, you can't just okay, we're gonna we're gonna just put every special education student in this classroom and, ex, and expect them to learn like everyone else. Because it doesn't work that way. What works for you might not work for me, and what works for me might not work for someone else. And we all different. We don't the literally the whole world is different. So why are we putting everyone on the spectrum in one flipping classroom? And it's like, there's got to be more special education classes geared towards people's different levels of learning styles. It it doesn't simply just work. Okay, let's just shove everybody in the same room. <laughs> I mean, you, you make a fair point in everyone's different. Everyone has their own way of doing things, their own desires, their own preferences, you know, whatever the case is, everyone's individual. And what I'd be curious to hear from yourself is what would the solution be if we could put people in an environment that was 
more beneficial for them. Is there a solution? Is there a way of figuring out, okay, what works best for this person? How do we then deal with the issues that may arise? Whatever happens to me, you know, I'm not educated on how to segregate people and organize people and I'm not an expert at that. How would it work best from your perspective? Well, I don't think anyone needs to be like segregated or anything, but I think everyone should still be able to go to the same school. There's still special education classes, but I think there needs to be a teacher. Um, we, there needs to be teachers who, uh, who, who, who can pay attention to small little gritty details of, Oh, this uh, this person's having an off day because he didn't have his breakfast, or he something's off in his routine, and and also maybe something, and perhaps maybe we need something that uh, we need a tailored learning experience. So, so let's say I don't know someone with a a reading level, a math level, a science level is to this special education class. And then, and so that, okay, you know, it's only these people who test in this area of, uh, at this level of education is in this, this class. And you still have all the other mainstream classes, but for those people on the spectrum, it's not segregating at all. It just means like, okay, you know what? And it's like, and I'm not saying like, okay, you, you, we got uh, uh, that those people won't be able to uh, learn higher or anything. It is, I just think, it, because you know, if you have a if you have a teacher that can uh, that can teach at higher levels and still teach at that particular person's level, but eventually bump them up to you know what I'm saying like that it's like okay we start here we work you up to, and so that okay we don't even if you didn't know where even if it, you're at I don't know level A and you need to get to C but we got to work you up to C and like everyone else but we're going to start here and we work you up and and before you and you don't have to go move one from one grade to another grade to get to points uh, C. We can just get you to where you need to be through the school year. And then if you get to point C, you're, you can move into like everyone else. And we just need that, we need a tailored experience. Tailored experience. Yes, right now, I feel like all public schools care about Oh, okay. We we need to talk about. Uh, we gotta get ready for this. Uh, uh, the state testing, you know, perhaps the state testing would be, be more beneficial if you're only testing people what they learned from the school year and not. Oh, we're gonna test you from college experience and and sixth grade. Yeah, you know, screw your funding and <laughs> you gotta get funding some from some other way. You know. Maybe where you can get funding is where people, is that if you have successful students on the spectrum, off the spectrum, 
getting good grades, and that maybe should have a, um, how a school should uh, get the funding. But screw the state test. My parents got me out of the state test because it stressed me out because it's like, I feel like I'm a dumb idiot taking this test. that I didn't know half of the stuff on it. I just guessed that every single answer because you know we didn't have, we didn't even get the whole, because we were learning actually important skills in our special education classes back then, but we didn't have time for all the state testing crap that we needed to learn through the whole school year. So my parents just told me, it's like, Jamie, we told the school district, we're done. We're, we're, it's like Jamie's excuse from it. And I was like, it's stressing him out. It's causing him anxiety. Uh, and it was because I just felt like, am I stupid or something? Because this just makes me feel stupid. I can't remember who said the quote, but it's something along the lines of, if you judge a fish on its ability to climb a tree or think it's stupid for its entire life or something along those lines. And I think there's a real sense of what we're being graded on is a way of keeping people in a box or giving people a label and if you don't fit those labels you'll think there's something wrong with you and not the boxes to begin with yeah i i absolutely hate uh when people put labels on people and like i think it's okay to put uh, labels on when you're organizing something uh like for your own home or your, your computer Put a label on that, but don't put labels on other people because people like me will come along to prove you wrong. I think there's a real sense of if you've gone through something like you have, there's always that proving you wrong. There's always that you don't think I can do it, watch me. There's this sense of like, why should you tell me what I can and can't do when... People like yourself would probably use that as a sense of like, well, you told me I can't do it, so I'm going to go and do it, just to prove you wrong. Let's say no one's ever told you you can't do anything, right? Yeah. You wouldn't do the things to prove them wrong. So like that in it in itself changes what you do. It's just like it forces you into a sense of I'm going to prove everybody wrong forever because I'm constantly being told what I can't do. Yeah, and you know, one of my. Uh colleagues of mine she told me like but you can't always use that to motivate you and say like, i've been i've been using the people who tell me uh i can't do certain things for 28 years of my life so far i'm not stopping now <laughs> and it's like it was it's what fuels me every single day they keep showing up and you know some people might say oh that's unhealthy and it's like well if it's not getting in your way of the day and you're just getting stuff done little by little and making progress. I don't see what's wrong with it. It's not like I'm having any negative thoughts of those people. I was like, just watch me now. <laughs> I love that. So what would you do if you were never told that you couldn't do it? If you got like something that you would do if nobody said that you couldn't do something, you know, if you go, oh watch me now or watch me do this thing that you've told me that I can't do. What would you do if you never had that? I don't know. I'd probably be a very boring person. Uh, 
I kind of owe it to those people who uh, told me not that I wasn't going to do it because you know it's kind of like a two-edged uh, sword a little bit here or a double-edged sword, whatever the saying is, because it's like okay, you know what? I admit that sometimes in life I wish people didn't tell me that, but I think I'd be a very boring motivational speaker. Uh, who, if I didn't have any inspiration, well, gee, how can I give someone else inspiration if I didn't have any inspiration? <laughs> I think as well, one of the things that motivates me anyway is curiosity once you've had that spark lit. Almost like someone tells me I can't do it, or well, what if I can? I might prove them wrong along the way, but let's see what I can do. Like, in my case, it's it's a challenge thing. It's a, I like pushing myself, I like improving myself. It sounds like you do as well, Jimmy. How else would I know what the challenge is if nobody comes along and doesn't think I could do it? It's like, how do I know what the challenge is if the barrier's not been put up initially by whether it's myself or somebody else? That there needs to be something that nobody thinks that I can do for it to feel like a challenge. I don't know what, what your thoughts are. I agree. It's like, I, I like to challenge myself. I challenge myself pretty much like I've been working on this project that I can't really share about because uh, I haven't told my parents. I haven't told my, I, I've only told maybe six people in total and those six people know that they would, I know would never say anything to anyone. And, uh, but uh, every time when I've been working on this project, it's like, I never thought I would be actually doing this because I, I, I had the idea a few times, but it's like, yeah, am I ready to share this yet? Yeah, should I not share this yet? And here I am putting this project together. I'm like, oh, I can't wait for one day where everyone could just see this project and read it. And they'd be like, holy crap, this, uh, and like his life was very, very interesting. And there's like, I would say in the project, there's humor, there's ref a lot of movie and tv references uh i i think i've literally if this thing turns out the way i want it to turn out i i think that a lot of people will be impressed from where i like yeah you know i might have said a lot of of my life story today but that was just bits and pieces this thing goes in long detail i'm and i can't confirm or deny what it is so you can take that however you want <laughs> well i can't wait to hear more once it's ready to be made public you you are the crazy fitness guy it's been amazing to have you as a guest on the show do you have any parting words any final things that you would like to share and then we shall we shall finish we'll around it off it's been great uh all I just like to say is always keep uh, keep those naysayers away from you. Don't let them get to you. And 
if you want to run your own business, if you want to uh, challenge yourself in life, go do it. You only got one life. Uh, and because who knows what comes next. And even if we have a second life, who knows? But, and I mean, I like to think we have a second life, but uh, I don't know that answer for, <laughs> and, um, and you know, it's, it's important to, you know, me and my dad always said, it's like, like you know, if, if, like, if you don't want to work for a boss, be your own boss or work at something that you like to work at. Uh, I like working at uh, pub, I like working as a motivational speaker. The website sometimes I not so much because yeah, kind of just sometimes the technical difficulties kind of just kind of get in the way. It is kind of just like, yeah, oh, this sucks. <laughs> it's like, why did I start this? Uh, uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm not saying it's all bad, but there's sometimes when you just see your website rankings go down, there's kind of like, oh, this is not fun <laughs> because it could literally make or break you. And just seeing the stats just go fluctuate. Ooh, doo, doo. It's kind of like one of those uh, graphs in um, uh, the heart rate machine in the hospital. Doo, 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 doo. And like, this is getting annoying. And like, can it just be all the way up, please? And then and I like, gee, 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 gee. it's gross. Thank you so much for being a guest on the show. For those that are listening, make sure you subscribe if you haven't already so you don't miss any of our future episodes. Leave a review wherever you are listening into your podcast and feel free to share the show, tell others, spread the word. And I look forward to seeing you all again on the next episode. Jimmy, it's been great to have you on and I look forward to keeping in touch. Thank you for having me. If you want to join a community of like-minded people that are on the journey for health, wealth and happiness, then my fulfillment community, my inner circle, is for you. You get continuous support from myself and also the opportunity to be supported, helped, guided and collaborate with the other members as well. And also you get the chance to ask my podcast guests questions. Plenty of people in there already. So if you click the link in the description for the episode, you get access to a two month free trial and you're under no obligation to continue and you can cancel whenever you want. Hopefully I'll see you there and I look forward to helping you on your journey.